this episode of Inside the Mind of Quarantines. Today, um, I have Christina and Minachi with me. If you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself before we get started. Hi, I'm Christina, a rising freshman at Wesleyan University, and I graduated Pooja this year. It's exciting to be on the show. Hi, I'm Minachi. I'm a rising freshman at Drake University. I um, I went to middle school with Pooja, <laughs> um, and I'm also excited to be on the podcast. Perfect. Um, so today, um, like I just said to you guys, usually these are pretty general episodes, just talking about like what things we can do when we when we feel isolated and stuff. But um, just with everything going on in society, I thought it would be very ignorant to ignore the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and I thought, um, well, Chrissy and I approached you first, just because I know you were really um, outspoken, which I really loved, like, in our senior group chats and stuff, <laughs> and then you said that Minachi's willing to do it, too, which is great, so, um, kind of like I said, I, like, I support everything, obviously, but I obviously don't ex- understand it the way that um, you guys do, so, Whenever, however you want to start, whenever you want to start, I'm just going to hand this off to you and you can just tell listeners and people just what you think they should hear and what they can be doing to help support this movement right now. Got it. Um, like Minachi and I, before this started, we had like kind of like a, not like an outline of what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We want to discuss like the movement itself and then also mental health when it comes to like all the news that's circulating. So Minachi had some really good ideas about how to spread awareness, but also the importance of truly being educated on it. So, yeah. Well, I can just start off with like the social media aspect, because I know for like a lot of like, especially people our age, like they kind of feel like for some reason that like speaking out on like Instagram or like posting or like reposting things isn't as efficient or it's like not really doing anything but like I just really want to get the message clear that it's doing a lot actually that it educates a lot of people like I've gotten numerous like private dms on instagram saying from like people that I haven't really spoken to in a while saying like oh wow I didn't know this or like wow this really educated me and they're like small like little posts with just like a little bit of insight on what black lives matter is and how police brutality and systemic racism has been such a long and ongoing thing in America. And just a lot of people don't know that in general. So I think if anything, reposting things on Instagram and Twitter and any social media, I mean, even TikTok, I've learned a lot on TikTok, I will say. TikTok is the new news. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so, I mean, just like things like that, you may not think that it's do- you're not doing a lot, but it does a lot for people that don't know what's going on. And I mean, I'll just touch briefly and then regroup on it, but the mental health aspect, especially for like, I know like black girls and women of color and just people of color in general, I think it's really important that you take time to social detox and really regroup with your inner self. Because I think like a time like this that we all know this is all that's circulating through the news. You get on Twitter, this is all you see. You get on Instagram, this is all you see. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's amazing that the, that the world's finally woken up to this and that people are starting to see what we as Black women and Black people and people of color have lived every day of our lives. But I mean, it's also important that a lot of this, like all the social media intake that we consume ourselves with every day is something that we also need to taken small, not small doses, but like healthy doses of what we see on social media every day, because it's a lot. When you see another video of a black man getting um, 
assault. Not even a black man, just a black, black person. Yeah, just a black person getting assaulted by the police and you see excessive force. I mean, it's a lot. And it's something that we shouldn't normalize. So I think it's something that we should also, um, you know, be cautious that what that does to our mental health in general. So I mean, just a little, yeah. be sure to take like, it in small doses too. I don't want to use the terminology of fake news because I know it's been appropriated by a certain demographic, but there is a lot of information out there that is just not true. Mm -hmm. And like an example of this is like the news. Like I yeah. am very um, cautious in like taking in my news sources. Like I've mm -hmm. noticed like what you see on TV is not always correct. And example, like whenever there's like a shooting at a school, like sure warning, sorry, like you call it a school shooting. There's an event involving someone killing someone. You say like blank killed someone this shooting. Mm -hmm. Whenever a police officer has shot somebody and used excessive force, it's officer involved shooting or officer involved. It's like they they already do their best to kind of like lighten mm -hmm. the murderous acts they engage in, and like it's just a really like it's not a corrected system. Mm -hmm. And like even the news sources we take in are doing their best to like not villainize them because I don't want to villainize the whole entire occupation, but I feel like they've been unchecked for like centuries. Oh yeah. And it's not only just like uh Gen Zers and millennials and baby boomers, but like even the TV shows we take in, Criminal Minds, Lawner, mm -hmm. SVB, like SVD, like at a young age we're told like, oh this is like an amazing occupation. They're heroes, they're this and that. And I don't want to put them down, but they also are authority that's supposed to enforce the law. And yeah. instead they're creating their own laws. Mm -hmm. And they've been using it forever to put down POC and black people. And like, there's a reason why we had the civil rights movement. It wasn't just like the boy, like the boycotts of the buses. It was the excessive force that police used on black people. You can look up pictures from the 1960s. They had dogs, they were leasing it on people. And my mom is, she's pretty conservative on her viewpoints. And she told me when I, when I got to America in the 1990s, it wasn't like this. I was like, mom, we had the LA riots happening at the same time you came here. We had Rodney King's beating. Yeah. It's like history is always repeating itself. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know why people are so like now just seeing it and acknowledging it because it's on camera. It's almost yeah. as if it takes a camera for people to acknowledge the struggles of POC and black people. And I'm extremely frustrated, like mental illness yeah. aspect, because like, I've been talking about this for years. Yeah. Like all my casebooks, all my caseworks in school were about like white flight, police brutality, colorism, um, urban gun violence. And people were like, you talk about race too much. Oh, da, 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 da. and I'm like, dude, I'm tired. And now that it's occurring, I like kind of feel bad that I'm not going to protest or not engaging in so many things. But like, it's almost as if I've been protesting yeah. all my life. And it's like, I don't want black people to feel as if they are forced to like, have to turn on the news every single day and, and look on the Twitter feed and fight the ignorant people on Twitter. Like, it's not mm -hmm. gonna solve anything. I truly think that privileged people who have a platform, who haven't had this burden their whole entire life should do their job and step up for once. Which is why I'm so adamant about people using social media, white allies doing their job to truly mm -hmm. educate themselves and post. So, a little tangent, I was just so annoyed. Yeah. What's going on? I think um, you touched on like how history repeats itself and like, I think that also goes into the playbook of how, I mean, honestly, how racist the U.S. education system truly is. Oh my God. And I mean, I hate to really just go off in the deep end there, but I go mean, off. like, if you, the history that we've learned since kindergarten, I will just go ahead and say this. I, when I was in kindergarten, Christopher Columbus, oh my gosh, the way they praised him, it was almost as if he was the next god. What a hero! As if he was literally like, we should be praising him for everything good that he's done. I can tell you it was not until maybe 
freshman, sophomore year history that I learned that Christopher Columbus and all the people on the Mayflower, the colonizers, committed the biggest mass genocide against Native Americans and just indigenous people in America. Genocide in general, I don't think Americans take responsibility for the genocides they've yeah. engaged in. Mm -hmm. And like, they whitewash the history yeah. to make it seem as if it wasn't their ancestors' faults. And mm -hmm. like, I don't want to blame current day people for what their ancestors have done. At the same time though, like what they've done is still affecting people in the modern society, so acknowledge yeah. it. And like, you can't acknowledge it if your own teachers are not doing their job and educating us on what's going on to all minorities, not just like black people, but like every single corner of the earth has been affected by like racism, mm -hmm. misogyny, xenophobia, et cetera. It's just really annoying. And like, you catch it at a young age, if you're of color, if you're a black person, but it's just sad that like white people and people who are oftentimes like not a bad thing they're ignorant to the topic because i mean they don't have to go out and learn about it it's not yeah. really affecting them they don't learn about this until they're 20 or like mm -hmm. 30 or 40 by then it's too late like the microaggressions they've like already, put on people yeah. have already affected a whole entire generation of kids yeah so well, yeah. i also just want to i mean i don't think it's the teachers though and i think it's the whole u.s government because i mean the public education system is so underfunded that I mean like even if they do want to teach it's like they don't even have the means or the money or anything to really get the education out there unless they go out of their way but also the amount of stress and but that's not the point the point is that I think it's more the government in general and generations of government officials and educate head of like the education board like in the United States like all those people that oversee the national education and everything like that have blatantly just erased or tried to whitewash or kind of lighten up America's extremely racist history. And every day you see the side effects of that when you, when a, per, when a black person or a person of color experiences a microaggression or when someone says, well, it wasn't me, I didn't directly do slavery or like, it wasn't like, I didn't know, like, I'm not like it that. It was like, 200 I, years ago, let it go. And it's like, what do you mean? Let, how do you let go systemic racism that is that you're living in a society that is literally built to put you down? How do you let that go? Because if there's a self-help book on there, I would like to read it. You can't let you it can't, go. You can't. And so when people say that, that is a direct side effect of the US government officials blatantly erasing and trying to make it seem as if slavery was not a thing they, or it or it wasn't a big deal they had a textbook so they had a textbook like years ago remember this? they had a textbook <laughs> and they called slaves like indentured servants in that textbook mm -hmm. it was like like it made like news headlines and at a young mm -hmm. age i was like what's like what's the big deal like they made yeah. a mistake but it, it wasn't a mistake it was on purpose mm -hmm. it was on purpose to make it seem as if they were like oh we just came here on a boat and you know mm -hmm. we're gonna like you know we're gonna do a thing and i'm going to a pretty liberal college and like it's very very progressive and some girl who is a moderate which i'm gonna get on the topic of that next because moderate allies are just not the move. They were like, I don't really understand why African-Americans are burning down buildings and doing this stuff. Like, aren't you just playing into the stereotypes? And I'm like, we can't play into stereotypes. Doesn't matter what we do, whether we're Harvard graduate, like Christian Cooper, who was like harassed in Central mm -hmm. Park by Amy Cooper, or we're a little black boy living in Ferguson, Missouri, who gets shot by the police. It doesn't matter what we do. In your whole country, is built off the idea that the free man is a white, rich, land-owning, like, white dude, and that you're going to profit off black lives. Like, how 
how are we going to fix it? it it's deeper than blue totality honestly if we're getting political it's more about capitalism i don't like i don't want to get into it but it's like you had slavery it ended in 1865 and then you had like this mass like prison system created with like police patrolling the areas to enforce black codes which is also a former slave patrol yeah slave. And then you have black codes and then you have Jim Crow, but not only Jim Crow, you have a redlining that enforces the wealth barriers. Mm -hmm. So people of color and black people are not able to increase their wealth, which is like the only way you can really survive in America. And then you have segregated schools, which all the way from elementary schools to like the top Ivy Leagues, then you have workplace discrimination, oh, then like your hair isn't professional enough, like this, this, that, we have colorism. It's like, it's, it's you're not free. Like African Americans yeah. literally still are being held to a point where like their riots are at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Especially like if you think about African Americans, not just like black men, but like like cisgendered black women and also the LGBTQ plus community and the African American community. You had like 20 plus trans black women die last year and no one talks about it. They were murdered. Like just straight up murdered and nobody talks about it. Like they're the most marginalized of the marginalized. So I'm just like tired of talking about this all the time because like it's like a broken jukebox. I'm like, yeah. no one listens until they see a video mm -hmm. of a boy or a woman getting killed by the police. It's yeah. like, okay. And I mean, that also goes with the Breonna Taylor case. And I mean, the multiple cases just like hers before that. I mean, this happened and it was almost as if people just kind of breezed over. Because I mean, in the month of May, it was, I think, May 2nd, maybe, Ahmaud Arbery. He was shot in Georgia. No, he, was shot, he was shot in February. It didn't like come oh, out until oh, two yeah. months after. It was that. And then... Uh, well, when that came out, then there was Breonna Taylor who was shot and killed in her own apartment. So it's like, we're not even safe in our, the confinements of our own home. And people almost didn't, like they did, I mean, it was, it was um, publicized, but it wasn't like taken to true action. I mean, her killers are, the police officers are still roaming free to the, there haven't been any charges Be or arrests. had to write a letter to the general. Exactly. Beyonce. And it was because there was no video proof. I really do think that there was no video proof of it that, and that's why there really is no justice and there are no riots and people are not rioting hard enough for her, not to mention, I hate to, because she was a black woman. And oh, I mean, yeah. it's very true that black women are not respect, not, I mean, no, not we respect, are neglected. We're not respect, we're neglected Malcolm in society X and people don't riot or die for us as hard as they do for black men. And I hate to put that gender divide there, but it's there because when Breonna Taylor was shot and murdered, people did not riot for her. People did not bring justice, people still have not brought justice for her. I think, and that's a serious problem because I mean, if we're gonna be in this, we all need to be in this together. Well, I think Brown Taylor was the first case of a black woman where I actually saw people like truly marching for her. She's like the first case yeah. besides Sandra Bland yeah. where like I saw people like singing happy birthday, Beyonce getting involved, I called the, uh, I called the Louisville mayor and talked to the secretary. Like that was the first time I ever saw people focusing on a black woman's death. But I think, like speaking about the black woman, I think the saddest thing about the Black Lives Matter movement is it was created by black women. Mm -hmm. A lot of these movements are created by black women. Like going back to like uh, the women's rights issues when it comes to intersectional femi like feminism in the nineteen like nineteen tens. That what you call it? Like the suffragette movement where we had like. I think but they got like their right to vote in the 20s. Oh. But like in the 1910s, when everyone's like fighting for their right to vote, like women want to vote. You had like women like Ida B. Wells who were black feminists and they're like, yeah, we deserve the right to vote. And these white women were like, um, maybe you should just go to the back of the parade. We'll yeah. get you guys later. And then 19, like 20, like, yes, white women have the right to vote. 
But then also Ida B. Wells tried to join the, uh, the NAACP, which is like an organization for like black people and like the black groups back then. And then you had like black men activists being like, maybe you should focus on girl stuff. So like you're always seeing black women being sidetracked and neglected. And Malcolm X literally told like in the past that we are the most neglected, disrespected group in America. And I'm also including black trans women too. And the fact that like we are killed at the same rate of black men, yet like I see people in the Black Lives Matter movement focusing solely on black men. And it's not just cisgender heterosexual black men. It is the whole community that's like treated like crap. What I've noticed is that like we're always the ones creating the rallies. Mm -hmm. We're the ones screaming and yelling and fighting for justice. Like you had people like on all different spectrums fighting for the justice of like George Floyd. But when it comes to like black women and their debts, I only saw like Solange and Beyonce and uh like black famous women figures being like oh so we're being killed too and then because it's a pride month i saw people part of the lgbt oh my god lgbtq plus community Mm -hmm. talking about what about black trans women it's like the whole entire community itself doesn't ride for each other and if there's no justice for one group you're not gonna get justice at all Mm -hmm. so it's like let's stop creating divisions and just like try to help everyone that's affected by this country and it's not going to be fixed until people at the very top of the caste system acknowledge like okay maybe we should help like maybe we should make this like we have all the money in the world to truly like create reparations and it's yeah. funny how like american history we always look to germany and like mm-hmm. other european countries and blame them for stuff like oh you guys started these wars and you guys but this. we never look in the mirror but they also acknowledge their crimes. Mm-hmm. They paid their billions, yeah. trillions. They made their history lessons about like, hey, our history is really, really messed up. Mm-hmm. They named streets after terrible events and wars to acknowledge like what mm-hmm. happened so no one ever forgets. They banned certain flags so that people yeah. cannot go around spreading hate. Yet the Confederate flag is still roaming around our country. Even in the- is not labeled a terrorist It's not a terrorist group. Yeah, Antifa and ideology is a terrorist group. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's so backwards. It's It's like deeper than blackness. It's deeper than Black Lives Matter. It's also back to the mental health thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what's that quote by Malcolm X? The knife quote. Like you can- um, You stab someone in the back. No, some some guy asked him, like, have you made progress? Yeah. And he compared it to, like, being stabbed back with a knife. I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't know, quote, unquote. But he was like, you stabbed me back, like, stabbed me in the back, and you pulled the knife out a little bit. We haven't made progress. Mm-hmm. Like, pulling it out all the way, you haven't made progress. There's no progress until you pulled it out all the way. It's, it's, it's the, the wound is healed. Mm-hmm. And you acknowledge you stabbed me in the back. But if you can't even acknowledge slavery, if you can't even acknowledge, like, we messed up. Yeah. How are they going to acknowledge, like, Hiroshima or, like, yeah. other events where we, like, blatantly went to other countries and committed war crimes? And it's, like, I mean, It really boils down to that white fragility. That, like, I mean, you bring up slavery and I, every white person's spine gets chills. They get very uncomfortable. They don't know how to, they're scared. It's, like, no one is asking you to, like, go, I mean, it'd be nice to go back in history and prevent all of this. But it's, like, it's a simple factor of educate yourself. Yeah. Just educate yourself. We're not asking for a World War Three. I mean, maybe a nice race war, but like, it's just like, we're asking you to acknowledge and educate yourself on the terrible history of America, the absolutely atrocious history of America. That is all we are asking, is that you take the time, literally 20 minutes, I mean, 
download the news app, download some, follow Melon and Shea Room on Instagram. Look at that story. Just take ed- some Africana classes exactly. in college. Read books by I don't know. notorious Black authors. I mean, it really is not that hard to educate Notorious? What? Is that, a good, is that a good word to use it in someone? Notorious? Yeah. I mean, notorious V-I-D. He was a rapper, but I mean, I think notorious is a bad word. Notorious is a good word. Just say well respected, eloquent black authors. Okay, whatever. Well respected black authors. And I mean, it, I mean, all the time that you spend on Netflix, TikTok, Instagram, you could take that time, go to half price books, and pick up a book and really read about the history because it's not hard. It is think, probably one of the easiest things. I think it's do. hard because they don't care. That's why I'm not, a, I don't, I don't, it shouldn't be. This shouldn't be someone's, like, I don't know. Like, I talked to one of my friends about this, and he was like, I'm not really an activist. Like, it's not really my job to do this. Like, I really feel like you have a platform you can speak on this. I said, what field do you want to go into? And he was like, well, I'm not going into liberal arts like you. I'm like, okay, what field are you going to? And he was like, oh, I want to go into medicine. And I'm like, do you know the, the history of racism in medicine? So like, have you heard of Henrietta Lacks? Have you heard of that black woman have a, a two times more, like, fatality rate when they're giving birth and mm-hmm. how, like, like doctors have consistently done tests on like black and brown bodies since day one john mm-hmm. john hopkins like educate yourself on that so that you won't be a doctor who goes out there and does the same mistakes as like prior uh members in the occupation like to this day a lot of doctors still believe that like black people have like thicker skin pain tolerance yeah or thicker skin stronger pain tolerance they still think that medicine. women are more frantic when they ask for painkillers like serena williams actually during her, or when she was pregnant or something, I think she she spoke out how she almost like lost her child or something because she did have, I think it was either a white doctor or just maybe, I can't remember the word, but um, she was telling them like, something is wrong with my, like something is wrong with my child. Like I need help, like something. And they kept on ignoring her. Like they were not listening to her. They didn't give her the proper screenings and she almost lost her child. And I think she spoke, she said she had to go to like a different doctor or something. And it's because people weren't listening to her when she was trying to tell them that she was like something was not right with her pregnancy it's like every occupation like it doesn't matter if you plan on me like being a teacher or being like a professor or being a doctor it doesn't matter I just I don't think it should be up to individuals to educate themselves it should just be up like we learn most of our information from school and if you are ignorant you're living a blissful life like if I were like upper middle class straight white dude why would I go out of my way to read like a Maya Angelou book like I don't care it should be forced down my throat by my history teachers by my like classes to learn these things so that I'm forced to learn like I don't know I don't think it should be up to us like go out go out read a book read a book like I don't think I mean, yeah I guess like do you I guess that's about information that doesn't affect you like no like you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's your fault I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah I, mean, I personally I'm really ignorant I'm ignorant on topics I don't care about like, not to lie, like, I care about POC and a lot of groups, but, like, I spend a lot of my time educating myself on Black issues. If you were to talk to me about the Chicano movement, I'd be really confused, because I've never gone on my way to read about, like, the history of, like, labor and Hispanic people in America, immigration. I didn't learn about that. It didn't really affect me. But if I learned that in school, and I was able to see the, the perspective and point of view of people who immigrate, immigrate here and their livelihoods, like, I'd be more educated, well, like, overall. So, I don't know. I think it comes back to just this government and their inability to acknowledge what's occurred in this country. Yeah. I'm the opinion of literally every single Black person I know. Like, I don't know yeah. one person who's educated is going to sit here and be like, well, you know, like, post a Black square. Like, we're livid. Yeah. Why would we not be livid? And so, if someone does listen to this and they get uncomfortable, good.
like force them to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I think uncomfortable is good. I'm gonna add something in there right there because I've been like pretty quiet throughout this whole thing. But I think one of the biggest problems is that like it's not necessarily that people don't care. It's that people are just so uncomfortable to acknowledge the past and to have the conversations now. And I think that's once that changes, once people are more willing to talk about it, because there are so many people who like are for obviously the Black Lives Matter movement. And I mean, when people aren't like, I don't get that. I don't understand why racism is like a debate. Like why ending racism is a debate right now. (laughs) I saw a tweet and it was like, racism is so deeply rooted in American history that when you try and protest racism, people confuse it as if you're protesting America. That is how deep racism is in this country. And I think I, I agree with that for sure. And I think that just like I said, one of the biggest things is just to go out and have those conversations and just do what you can for the Black Lives Matter movement. And I know like earlier you guys mentioned like how people are going to riots. And I know a lot of people like are so for the movement, but just aren't comfortable going to riots because they can like they some start out peaceful and then um some end up getting tear gas the ones that are supposed to be peaceful stuff like that so people are scared and uncomfortable and if you guys can just enlighten like some people who are listening like other things that they can do to show their support for the movement and show like that there's they stand with black people and they want to see change like i've seen a lot of things were like, it's not enough to just post on Instagram, but you need to be texting these numbers. You need to be contacting your senators. You need to be doing all this stuff to show that you want change. So I don't know if there's anything else that you guys can think of that people can do to just show their support and play more of an active role than just, like you said, posting a black square on their Instagram feed. Yeah, I think, um, I've signed a lot of petitions. My inbox is literally all from change.org. So a whole lot of petitions really help. And I mean, I think reposting a lot of stuff um, on your Instagram and any social media platform, I mean, obviously reading the post, not just clicking share ads to story, but I mean, really taking the time to educate yourself on that, even if it's just through an Instagram. I also think, I mean, Honestly, have anti-racist conversations with your friends. I mean, bring it up. And family. Yeah, and, oh, family, okay. Let me just say, if you are coming from a pretty, I mean, slightly conservative family or just, I mean, pretty basic all-American family, bring up the conversations at dinner. I mean, bring them up. I mean, it may be kind of awkward to start, but I mean, bring it up. Educate your family. Educate your mom and dad because, I mean, I will say I've had to educate my parents on a couple things because, I mean, our parents, I'll assume the age demographic is pretty kind of young, maybe. But also the immigrant mentality of, like, loving the country but not acknowledging the issues that come with it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But, I mean, like, I, I say bring it up with your mom and dad. Bring it up with people that may not be that aren't educated on it as you are and just have that open conversation. I'm not saying it needs to turn into a screaming match, but if it does, then so be it. But I mean, bring it up and I mean, get uncomfortable with it. I mean, really understand and know the history through just like conversation. And I mean, also I will say, check in on your black friends. If you have friends that are of color, that are black, I mean, check in on them, have a conversation with them see where they're coming from. I mean, it's just good. It's always good to reach out. I can say that there has never been a bad time where you reach out to someone just to talk about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement or just Black mental health in general. So I think definitely if you have a Black friend, text them, see where they're coming from, have that open conversation. And I mean, yeah. Um, 
just to add on to that, I had like the same ideas basically. Um, again, although like I kind of like attacked Menachi earlier for telling people to educate themselves, I don't think it should be solely on someone to educate themselves, but this is the perfect time to talk about race. People are like, it's not the time to talk about race, Christina. No, this is a great time. Like, now, right now, now, literally the time. now is the perfect time. Talk to your friends, family, get on mm -hmm. a little Zoom call. I've like, mm -hmm. already done a Zoom call with my friends and discuss like current America. Read a couple books here and there. Even if you aren't as, I don't want to say radical. Like even, if you aren't, even if you aren't as active or as radical as like us, you can still do your part. I felt yeah. much better actually calling mayors and like calling congressmen than I did just signing a petition like signing a petition is great but if you truly want to like make a difference like actually like use your voice and call somebody yeah it takes two seconds and they'll probably direct you to a secretary and they'll be like what's wrong I'm like justice <laughs> like call some call somebody post something sign something That's, yeah call somebody can literally be a friend family or a member of congress sign something that can be a petition post something that can just be like a retweet a like look on stuff on TikTok. I don't know. Oh, vote. Literally vote. vote. I, I don't know how I completely, this zoomed right past my head. Literally vote. I'm sure there's a lot of people in our age range, 17, 18, about to go off to college. Make sure you vote. It takes less than five minutes. You can't complain if you don't vote. It's exactly. right. If you don't, if you don't vote and, and the I person mean, you don't like wins, that's on you. Like exactly. that's your, literally your fault. And I mean, I'm not saying just vote in this upcoming 2020 presidential election. I mean, the president can only do so much, even though he's, <clears throat> never mind. But I mean, vote in your local elections. I mean, like your mayor, your sheriff, your, um, I don't vote sheriff. your um, <laughs> chair of education in the state. I mean, literally go out and every single election that is held in your state, make your way to the polls because those are the people that have the power over the state. They are the ones that make the rules of your state. They're the ones that affect you. So, I mean, if you really want to see some immediate change in your state and see some different, some laws reverse, see some more justice around you, get yourself to the polls because there is no excuse. You can walk. There's the right KC. Um, pause. No, there's, there's an excuse. There's an excuse. It's coronavirus. You have the right to do mail-in vote. Yeah. Though. Okay. Yeah. But a lot vote, of politicians are claiming that mail-in ballots are this somehow. This recent election just. Well, I mean, one in four people stolen. are going to do a mail-in right. ballot. That's getting political. <laughs> so, we want. I want to apologize, <laughs> mostly because we truly. We, you asked an African American studies major to go up here and talk about race. No, and that's no, and that's what I wanted. And back to the mental health issue. Sometimes fighting people, and not fighting, but trying really hard to educate somebody, but then it ends up being a back and forth. Like it might be a Twitter troll, might be kids from your school, right. it might be people in your family. It's not going to really solve the issue as long as you put it out on the table that you're you want them to educate themselves. It's on them. Some people truly want to be ignorant and don't care to learn because they're profiting off that and they're comfortable in that. Yeah. But it, sh it shouldn't be your job to go out of your way and try to make somebody yeah. learn. It's actually way more like mentally draining than it is to just like sometimes sit back and be like, okay, like you can always read a book on your own. I'm done. I've done my fair share of fighting people. It doesn't really solve anything. It just makes you acknowledge like how deeply rooted hatred is in this country. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You can talk now. I think um, my closing statement is, um, you know, just listen. Listen to what Black people really have to say. Listen to what people of color have to say because people don't make this up. This is not something that, it's like, it's not a conspiracy theory. We're not lying. This is everyday life. In quotes of, this is America. This is the America that we all live in. So, I mean, this is the truth. 
it's not something that's fake. So I think really listen to when a person of color or a black person is telling you how they feel and their personal experience. Just, you don't even have to talk, just listen. Literally. Like what Pooja's doing. Literally, I mean, Pooja, great example of this podcast. I mean, just like sitting down and listening to what people have to say, that is probably one of the most important things we could do, especially in this time. And I mean, exercise your right to vote, um, continue to speak out. Don't let, don't just let this be a trend. Let this be, I hope people continue to show the same energy when it's no longer trending on Instagram or Twitter, that even a year from today, people are still talking about this. There are, people are still trying to make change because we can't let this die out. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast or having us on this podcast. Thank I you, I had a Pooja. wonderful time talking about this. And, for listening. Yeah, and thank you to all her listeners. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> They're going to go out there and be like, who are these people? <laughs> Where is she finding these Why people? Why is she graceless? at her? <laughs> right. But well, I, mean, I mean, thank you guys for doing this to me. Like I said, um, this has been a pretty, like, relaxed, more chill thing. But just with everything going on, I felt like it would have been very ignorant to just keep going on on my weekly episodes and not even acknowledging it um and I, I'm glad to listen like like I said I don't know what it's like like I I fully support everything that's happening I want to do everything in my power and part of that was like giving you guys this platform to tell other people how you're feeling and giving um that experience to others so I just want to thank you guys for doing this and I really think that what you guys said like it changed about how I think about some things. So I really hope that um, other people are taking that in also. And that concludes this week's episode of Inside the Mind of Quarantines. My name is Pooja, and again, I would just like to thank you guys for listening. I know that this episode is pretty different than some of my other ones. And like I said multiple times, I personally could not not mention it and I know that it's not happening to me directly but I feel for the people who it is I feel for the black people in this community who have felt like this for so long and that nobody's really noticed it until like Christina Minacci said videos have started to come out and I just want everyone listening out there to know especially people of color that like I know that I won't understand it but I'm here and a lot of other people are. And like Minachi said, we can't let this die out. This can't just be a movement that happened because we saw a video. This, th- nothing will change if we stop. So keep posting, keep educating yourself, keep checking in on your person of people of color friends, your black friends, keep staying at this because if we don't, there won't be justice. And if there's not justice for one group of people, there won't be justice for anyone. Thank you guys again for listening. If you um, are experiencing mental health problems, especially due to Black Lives Matter, of course, always reach out to people who care about you in your life. And I promise people will listen, kind of like I did today. Like people, like you are right now, people will listen to you. So don't feel like you can't. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next week.